Good morning. <laughs> sort of running. Uh, we've been doing a series called Faithful and Fruitful. Uh, we are trying to build a culture in this church where every member is faithful and fruitful. Faithful to serve, uh, to connect, to grow, and to serve. Being fruitful by reaching and discipling everybody, reaching and discipling every person, every nation, and every campus in our generation. Did I say that right? Um, so that's what we've been going after because we believe that, um, you know, it's not that we believe. It's an honest truth that, uh, uh, what's this thing? Culture eats vision for breakfast. You know, like uh, about a month ago, Wayne got up here and he preached and he, he, he spoke about vision of what we want to do as a church, you know, what God has set out for us. And what hap- what, what's important after that is what do we do subsequently after that? What are the little steps that we'll take every day in order for all of us to achieve what God has set out for us? What is, what is everyone's part in this, in this great mission that God has given us to reach our city and to reach our city, disciple it, and impact uh, and, and make an impact in our city for Christ. So as we continue with that, today uh, we're going to be talking about being faithful to serve. Um, you know, like one of the, this is probably, um, you know, what, not the most exciting messages you'll ever get out there. I remember this one time on campus, we were, uh, we were trying to get people to sign up to, for teams and ministry. Like several people said to me, you know, in this season... I'm just being a Martha, just sitting at the feet of Jesus. Mary, yes, I'm being Mary. I'm just sitting in the feet of Jesus. I'm not being Martha. You know, in the season, I'm just being Mary. And quite funny enough, more than one person said that. You know, there's certain times and certain seasons in life where people feel or we feel like we need to, you know, I got to do me right. And um, which is very contrary to, you know, what I'm trying to preach today, but bear with me. Let's go into our Bibles today, and uh, let's open up to Luke 22, verses 24 to 27. It will be on your screen, and oh, Refilo is carrying a Bible. Come on. Lungi's opening her phone Bible, maybe checking her messages, who knows. <laughs> uh, so it goes like this. A dispute also arose amongst them as to which of them was to be regarded as the greatest. And he said to them, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and those in authority over them are called benefactors. But not so with you. Rather, let the greatest amongst you become as the youngest, and the leader as the one who serves. For who is greater, the one who reclines at the table or the one who serves? Is it, is it not the one who reclines at the table? But I, am, but I am amongst you as the one who serves. So just want to give you a little bit of context here. So this is during the Last Supper, and Jesus has just washed his disciples' feet, has told them, you know, broke the bread, told them this is, the, this is my body which will be broken for you, and this is my blood which will be spilt out for you. And then after that, he tells them that one of them is going to betray him. And then immediately after that, they start skinnering amongst themselves 
Like, it's not me, it's you. No, it's not me, it's you. No, 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 you look funny. You have a crooked beard. It might be you. I saw you last week. You did something funny. It might be you. So this skinnering ultimately turns into this debate about who is greater. It can't be me. I'm better than all of you. Remember when we went up to pray, I prayed 10 minutes longer and you slept and all of that. So I am way better disciple than all of you are. I have the bigger Bible. You know, <laughs> I know more scriptures than you. Whatever the case, whatever a, a, a person believes uh, is, uh, is the reason why they should be great. The funny thing is that this is not the first time they've had this argument and they've had this discussion. In Mark 9... Uh, on the road to Capernaum, you know, they were walking with Jesus. Jesus was ahead of them. And then they start skinnering behind him. And then when they get to Capernaum, he's like, what were you talking about? Nothing. <laughs> and then just Jesus being God says to them, you know, I know what you were talking about. It was about who's greater. And he says to them, if, if you want to be great, you need to be a servant. The one who wants to be the greatest of all must be the servant of all. So, and also in Luke 10, Mark 10 actually, uh, James and John's mother, you know, James and John, the one uh, Wayne was preaching about last week, the sons of thunder, dun, dun, sounds like a rock band <laughs> or a 90s cartoon series. <laughs> so, um, so James and John's mother comes to Jesus and he says to, to him, can you please have my sons sit on your left and in your right at your kingdom? Make them great. Make them, you know, Make them your, your, your lieutenants and whatever. So Jesus says to them, you know what? Uh, the, he says quite a lot of stuff you can read for yourself, but ultimately he says, if you want to be great, you must be a servant of all. So what we see here is that, actually, what we see here is that the disciples have an issue. And it sounds like the issue is not being lazy. It sounds like the issue is they are very prideful and very like, you know, they're only concerned about themselves. I want to be great. I'm better than all of you. I, 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 I. So they're looking out for number one all the time. And then Jesus responds to them. You know, it's a weird response to someone who's being prideful. Because the normal response would be like, you know what, humble yourselves, brother. The Lord, exalt, uh, the Lord humbles the proud and exalts the humble. But Jesus doesn't say humble yourself. He says, the greatest amongst you shall be a servant of all. The oldest shall become the least. Why? It's because God is more interested in our actions than in what we know. They've heard this three times. He, probably, he says it again in Matthew 23 again, four times. Same thing. Jesus tells them the same thing four times. They know it, but they just don't get it. There's a disconnect somewhere. There's a place where, you know, it's not something that they're living out. And I have a few theories and a few hypotheticals of why they don't get it. I think the first one is that the culture that they're living in. We live in a post-Christian culture. You know, that our culture and our environment has been influenced by Christianity so much. So even terms like servant leadership are very, like, thrown around. You know, even in church, we say the humble man of God who does not even carry his own Bible. <laughs> so, um, so we live in, in this post-Christian uh, world that we don't really understand the culture that they were in. The culture they were in was the person who had the most servant, had the most, you know, glam, had the most, he was the, he was the greatest, he was the man. 
We, it was a culture where Alexander the Great had four or three cities built and he named it after himself. We had, it's a culture where Caesars named months after themselves. July for Julius, August for Augustus. They were naming months after themselves because of how great they are. It's a culture where pharaohs built pyramids. It's a culture of lavish living. And in, in Rome, Rome was such a classist culture that you had the upper class and the lower class. And the average upper class Roman, uh, Roman uh, male child never saw manual labor. His greatest, chore, his greatest chore was taking a bath and going to school. <laughs> so that's the culture they live in. So when Jesus steps into this culture and he says to them, the greatest shall become as, the, the greatest amongst you shall become the least amongst you. It's like, what are you talking about? It's kind of a, you know, I, I, we, we don't get it. I don't get it. Even in our current culture, you know, we actually, uh, servanthood and humility is something that we admire, but not something that we aspire to be. We admire, like, if I look at Bonolo and NT and they're running around, I'm like, you, man, phew, I wish I was like them. All that energy for the Lord. Well done, NT. You're doing a good job. I admire what you're doing. But am I, do I value it in such an extent that, yo, NT, where can I help? Can I step in? What can I do for you? What can I do to help you? What can I do? Show up regularly, even if it's just to plug in one cable. Wake up every morning and plug in one cable. If it is to stand in the worship team and have a bell. <laughs> what can I do to make things easier for you? Because we don't value serving. We admire it. It's great. We, just, we love seeing it. It's great energy. So it's the culture that, shapes the, 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 that shaped uh, their perception of serving. And secondly, it's entitlement. You know, I could imagine Peter saying, I'm older than all of you. I don't want to, I don't need to serve. I've got a wife, you kids. You, you know, you, you need to run around. I'm not, I'm greater than all of you. I'm old. I understand. And then the, and then the younger ones are like, we're younger than all of you. We're always running around. You're always sitting around doing nothing. There's sometimes what we do is we fill in certain entitlements. We might not say it because we're in church, but like sometimes, yeah, we do feel entitled. This is my seat. I always sit here. You know, I'm used to this. I, I, I feel like I deserve a certain level of treatment. Or because I've done certain things, I've paid my tithe. How dare is this stream late? <laughs> I've done X, Y, and Z. I have a connect group. I'm doing so much for the Lord. You know, you know how annoying those, those people are? I can't wake up in the morning and go serve. I'm doing so much for the Lord. You know, it's the sense of entitlement that we're doing so much. Therefore, we can't do no more. I can't do any more. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm all out. And lastly, I think it's just a lack of conviction. Connect group leaders, you'll, you, you'll fill me on this one. Sometimes you speak, hand speak, hand speak, hand speak, and they just don't get it. And this is exactly what's happening to Jesus. So Jesus knows your struggle. <laughs> he spoke, he spoke, he spoke. They just don't get it. Because sometimes, you know what happens is that we get into environments and then environments shape the way we, we, we do things. And we do things in order to fit in. But it's not a conviction. 
I just want to fit into, oh, in this church, what do we do? You know, when I came into this church, there was this culture of playing guitar. Everybody had a guitar. On a Friday night, on, on a way to, to worship practice, it would be everybody walking up the line to Ahsoka with the guitar. And I'm like, what's with the guitars, guys? And I'll tell you, half of those people didn't even play the guitar. They were just sitting and posing with them. Because the culture was one where Wayne played a guitar, Winston played a guitar, Lucy played a guitar, everyone. Also, the pastors play a guitar, so I'm also going to play a guitar. But am I going to be faithful in playing this guitar to an extent that I get better at it? Nope. I'm just going to look good doing it. Because <laughs> there's no conviction about it. So we can get into cultures where we feel con- we don't have conviction, we're just following the crowd. We're just following what people do. Oh, Jesus says, let's serve. Okay, let me serve. But I'm not convicted. It's not a conviction that I should serve the church humbly as a servant, but as a way of fitting in. So when it comes time to discuss who will betray Jesus, I'm going to pull up my trump card. I did this because I wanted to fit in. I'm just like any other of you. I'm better than all of you. No humility. I did it for show. So... So it's the context that they live in, and, there's a, and, 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 uh, and there are all these things in, in their lives. And I wonder why Jesus addressed an issue of pride with servanthood. And I think it's because Jesus lived being a servant. That's what he came to do. It was his personal mission. He just washed their feet. Like, you know, the creator of the universe is busy washing human feet. And they're busy complaining about who's greater. You know, it's like uh, having a Sunday league and uh, discussing who's the best player in, in your team and you have Messi or Ronaldo in your team. It's like, I'm better than all of you. <laughs> so if anybody could speak about serving, it's Jesus. So he's speaking to them because he also wants them to be like him. He's trying to teach them to aspire to follow his example. He's trying to teach them to follow exact, excuse me, to follow in his footsteps. You know, Paul in Philippians 2 verses 5 to 8 writes this. He says, have this mind amongst yourselves, which, uh, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though was in the form of God, did not uh, count equal, equality with God a thing to be grasped but emptied himself by taking, uh, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man and being formed in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So uh, just a little bit of context to the scripture. In, in, in the beginning of Philippians 2, Paul is talking about that they, they should not have uh, selfish intent. They should be looking out for the interests of others. They should put others ahead of themselves. And then he says to them, Have this, let this mind be within you, that you should look out for others, which was in Christ Jesus. And he gives the example of Jesus. Sometimes we read the scripture and we think the example of Jesus. Oh, how humble he was. But in actual fact, this is an invitation for us to follow in his footsteps. This is an invitation for us to follow in him that we should, not put, we should put our other's interests ahead of our own. Humble ourselves and serve others. Uh, I have like uh, three little quick 
tips to help us become better servants. Uh, I hope that that help will, will help you. Um, and I think the first thing in, that will help us, and these are examples that I see in Jesus' life. And the first one is uh, love is the key motive. If we are to serve each other selflessly, to serve like Jesus did, love has to be the key motive. A friend of mine once said to me, uh, when we were talking about church life and all the drama that goes on in church, he said to me, you know what, we could do this Christianity thing a whole lot better if we just had a little bit of love to it. Just, just throw in a bit of love. And we could do it so much better. You know, Jesus said in John 15, verse, uh, verses 13, Greater love has no one than this, than uh, that someone lays down his life for his friends. Love requires sacrifice. Uh, last week, uh, I was leaving, and I was standing by the door here at reception. Uh, Pumlani and Nosisa were there with me. And I was asking them about some flowers that were left there. You know, like they're, they're artificial flowers. They're not real proper like flowers. They're just plastic and fabric. And uh, uh, Pumlani looked at them with me and he's like, you know, these flowers are probably the best out of all of them. And Nosisa was like, what? And Pumlani was like, think about it. They're always beautiful. They never rot. And Nosisa was like... What on earth? <laughs> and 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 I and I was like, I don't even I, I don't understand flowers. And me and Pumlani were busy having this discussion about this flowers thing. Like, why do you have to buy flowers? And I'm like, I, dude, I don't understand. All I know is that you have to buy flowers. So yeah, just live with the fact that you have to buy flowers. <laughs> he doesn't understand it. It's illogical to him. It makes absolute no sense. It's a waste of money probably in his eyesight, but he has to do it because of love. A few weeks back, I remember waking up and having, come to, having, having, come, having to come to church to do set up, and it was like I slept for four hours and I'm having to wake up and I stood there brushing my teeth. I'm like, why on earth am I doing this? <laughs> I'm, I'm half asleep. I don't, it doesn't make any sense. Because the key motivator is love. It doesn't have to make sense to you. It doesn't have to be like the ideal thing. But because we are propelled by love, therefore we serve each other. Galatians 5.13 says, For, uh, for we were called to freedom, brothers. Only do, uh, only <clears throat> do not use your freedom as an uh, opportunity for the flesh, but through love... Uh, through love, serve one another, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus had this interesting encounter with one of the Pharisees, whereby they are asking him, what's the greatest commandment? And he says, love, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And the Pharisee was like, who's my neighbor? And then Jesus begins to tell a story of the, of the Good Samaritan as an example of what neighbor, loving your neighbor looks like. The Jews hated Samaritans. The Samaritans hated the Jews. And Jesus makes an example that this, a Samaritan, a Jew was beaten up and robbed and left by the side of the road. And the Samaritan came past. The Jews came past, looked at him and walked away. And then a Samaritan came, took him up, cleaned him, paid for him to go into the inn. 
came back a couple of days later to check up on him. You can read it for yourself. I'm just paraphrasing. If it's not exactly word for word, excuse me. Uh, so Jesus was trying to show an example of what it means to love your neighbor. It's about selfless sacrifice and serving your neighbor. If serving is not your love language, it is definitely God's. <laughs> if you're not the servant type, you're like, oh, no, my love language is more like gift giving. So God doesn't get that one. <laughs> he wants you to serve. <laughs> so, and, 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 we can't use, uh, and we can't use an act of love for credit. You know, imagine... You know, there's something that certain people do. I, my sister used to do this quite often when we were kids. He would, she would give me something. You know, like she would eat and eat, and then she has this tiny little bit of piece of meat. Tiny, tiny, tiny. And he's like, there you go. I left this for you. You're like, oh, thanks. You shouldn't have. You have to clean the plate too. <laughs> it, how does that feel? It's like a punch to the gut. It's like us when we serve and we serve God and we serve each other and then we turn around and be like, oh, I'm part of that team. I don't have to do this. You know, when we serve, we don't use that for credit. When we serve from a place of love, we could do like a whole lot of stuff. We just, you know, love is a gift that should keep on giving regardless of whether it's received or not, regardless of whether it's recognized or not because the motive is pure love. It's not from what we can get from it. And uh, secondly, oh my goodness, what did you do? There we go. Uh, And secondly is we need to understand the mission. That to serve others, it is part of God's mission. Jesus came to this earth to show us who, who God is. When Jesus came into the world, you can look at it for yourself. All the world's major religions, most of them, they're about man serving God. Man doing whatever he needs to to appease an angry God. Or other, man is God himself and he should self-serve. But when Jesus comes into this culture, he shows us a picture of what God is like. A God who who selflessly lays down his life. And as the body of Christ, we, God, Jesus expects us to do the same thing, to be that same example, to lay down our lives for each other. Um, I remember like two years ago, uh, I think that's when we were, you know, when people were allowed on university campuses and stuff like that. Ancient history. <laughs> and uh, we had this outreach where term had ended, we didn't have any church but we decided, hey, what are we going to do? We're just going to show up. We're going to show love and appreciation for the students. So we organized these little snack packs, you know, just little tiny snacks. And we had a little prayer of encouragement to them. And we wrapped it up. And we were busy handing it out uh, at, at, the, at, the, at the varsities. And some of the students were just like, what are you trying to do? Like, what? Why do you want to give me snacks? Is it off? Is it what? Like, no, we just genuinely want to serve you. We just want to encourage you. Here's a little prayer. Do you have any prayer needs? We prayed for them, and that was it. And then we walked away. And they were just shocked. Some of them were so shocked that they even started to, you know, come, don't leave. Let's talk. The thing is with church sometimes is we can be seen as so self-seeking and so much in an agenda of just 
us and our religious activity. I mean, I went to this church. I will not name this church. It had ushers that looked like they were more interested in having people obey the laws than serving the, the people and making them feel welcome. We need to remember the mission. The mission is that God wants to show his love for his creation. He wants to see his creation reconciled to himself. And one of the best ways to do that is by serving them. Is by showing them who God is and how God acts. When we serve people, there's a barrier that we break. In your workplace, show people that you're Christian instead of telling them that you're Christian. Show them that you have an encounter with God. Let them see the Christ in you serving them and not just be like looking out and being grumpy and whatever. And show them what the mission is. Because there's a greater mission. The cost, is, the cost does not matter. That's what Jesus had. That's what Jesus had on his heart. He just wanted to show people this is God. God is not like this. Even to the point that he, busy, he was saying to them, you know, you don't understand. I'm here with you. And I serve with you. So let's remember the mission and let's serve others and let's serve with, an, with a heart that is motivated by love. And lastly, I think the most important thing is to, for us to remember is to be secure in our, in our identity. If we are to serve Others, it, this one, my goodness, it's very important to be secure in who God has called you to be and who you are in God. To be secure in your position in the family of God. You know, in the, in the parable of, of the, what's the parable of what that? The prodigal son. I'm sorry. Can you please lower down the volume on the house? This reverb is killing. Sound guy. <laughs> uh, Thank you, Auntie. So, in the, in the parable of the prodigal son, there's something that the other son does not get when the, pro, when, when the other son is, returns home. He is very angry and is livid of the father's actions towards uh, his, his, his brother because he does not understand who he is in the family. The father even says to him, Don't you understand? What I have is yours. When we don't understand who we are in God's family, it's hard to serve. We are God's children. If we are God's children, we need to be in the mission with God. In your house, in your home, when there are visitors, like you don't sit down and be like, I'm not gonna I'm 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 not gonna sit down. Why why should I serve? Why should I get water? I, I also deserve to be to, to be served. You step up and you serve because this is your home and this is your house and the people coming are your guests. Someone once said, if you're not on a mission, you are the mission. If you're not on a mission with Christ, you are the mission. If you're not joining us in serving others into the kingdom of God, we are serving you. <laughs> so we need to have an understanding of who we are, understand our identity. And it's very crucial to understand our identity because sometimes you will not be appreciated for what you do. People will not get it. You'll wake up at 7 in the morning and you come serve and you don't even get an honorable mention. Like you don't become team leader. They don't even make sermon illustrations about you. <laughs> You're just that guy. 
But if you truly understand and you know who you are in the kingdom of God, that will not matter. If there was ever a person who was rejected, you know, like no other, it was Jesus. Like imagine humbling yourself and coming down to serve mere mortals. Like honestly, if Jesus was not full of himself, if Jesus was full of himself, he would be looking at all these people and the Pharisees and be like, you like that oxygen, huh? It's good. Breathe it in. It's nice. Do you know what it costs? <laughs> he didn't do that. <laughs> he was just like, he knew he was. He knew he, who he was. He was God in person. He didn't have to prove himself. He was very confident in what he does. He was motivated by love. He, he, he felt pity on all of them. And he served them. Even if, even if they did not appreciate it, he was constantly serving them. So if we are to serve, we need to have that strong identity. So regardless of what people say, regardless of whatever is happening in your life, as, as I close, this is my second close, like I can't believe I'm doing this. <laughs> um, I just want to read First uh, Peter 4, verse 10. It says, As each has received a gift... You use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's, uh, uh, of God's grace. Uh, whosoever, speaks as, uh, whosoever speaks as one who speaks, God's, uh, who speaks oracles of God, and, who, and whosoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Christ Jesus. You know, like... Each and every one of us are here for a specific reason. And God has called us to this church for a specific reason. That we are part of this church for a specific reason. Wayne, a couple of weeks ago, showed us a picture of ducks and uh, geese. You could have showed ducks. They do the same thing. <laughs> and he showed us a picture of geese. And uh, there's this joke that's been going around the staff team and everyone were busy going honk, honk and all of that. I, I feel like if we had to have a mascot, mascot as a church, it would be like a big geese. I mean, honk, honk, honk. <laughs> the thing about these birds, about birds in general, great. They can never move from Africa to Europe by themselves. They can never fly off by themselves. They need to fly as a group, as a collective to reach the mission, to reach the goal. And in the way that they fly, they have to fly in that V formation so they could save energy. Each one of them has to find their own position. By flying in that place, they serve the collective. They find their position and as they fly, they're serving the group. And there's one that's always in front. That's like the leader. That 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 that. Goose, is it goose? It's not the golden goose. He does not stay in front for the whole journey. They rotate. They take turns. It's the same thing with us as church. Is that if we are to reach our mission, we have to find our position. We need to find our place to serve the body of Christ. We cannot rely on the superstar. We we can't rely on Lungi, the worship superstar. Always in front. We'll just sit. Sing, Lungi. You can do it. But we need to step up. You know, geese are not the fastest of birds. They're not the strongest. They're just, you know, 
this. They poop a lot and make a lot of noise. But because of, the, because of the collective, they're able to survive. They're able to reach their objectives and their goals because they rely on each other. Each plays its significant part and its significant role. If they step out of formation, the whole mission gets jeopardized. They're just relying on that one. Go champ. We're relying on you. Go and tea. We're relying on you. We, we have our own significant role. And God has blessed us with gifts and talents and all these things so that we need to steward them. If we, church, we have to imagine and to think and pursue serving the body and serving other people in the same way we pursue our purpose in God. We are so, sometimes we get so wrapped up in what my purpose is. What is God wanting, to, wanting me to do? What am I called to do? Here's an idea. Serving is part of your calling and your identity. Jesus has placed you here and is calling you to serve. We need to steward our talents to serve Him. It is why God has placed you on this earth. So in this church, uh, we have, we rely on, you know, sons and daughters of the house. We don't have superstars. We don't hire the best worship team. We don't hire the best sound person or whatever. It's each one serving each other. Because we believe in, we believe in sons and daughters serving instead of hired guns and superstars. So as part of the series, we would really like you to join the team. In the infamous words of Beyonce, get into formation. Find your spot and serve. <laughs> All right. Uh, let me just pray for you and we'll hand over to the camping crew there on the corner. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace. Lord, we thank you for your power that works in us, Lord God. We thank you, Lord, that you freely give, Lord God, so that we can also freely give Jesus. God, help us, Lord God, to see beyond ourselves, Lord Jesus. God, help us, Lord God, to have the same heart, Lord God. The same heart that was in you, let it be in us, Lord Jesus. To look out for the interests of others, Lord God. To look beyond ourselves, Lord Jesus. To give of ourselves selflessly, Lord God, in advancing your kingdom. So that the only one who is worthy of praise, who is worthy of glory, who is worthy of honor, may be made famous that everybody may know your name. In the holy name of Christ, I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining Church Online today. We hope that you were inspired and challenged by today's message. We would like to encourage you to join one of our connect groups where you can make friends and discuss the word further. You can message us on 072 606 6747 to join a connect group or to send us any prayer needs you might have. To give your tithes and offering, please visit